Hello everyone, this is Bola Shokunri. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. So today on the podcast, I have one of my girlfriends, Fo Alexander, back as a guest to have a conversation with me about life, business and finances, including how we're both spending and investing our money differently in this season. But before we get into it, today's episode is sponsored by Smarty Pig. All opinions are 100% my own. Smarty Pig is a free online piggy bank for people saving for financial goals like holiday gifts, vacations, and even retirement. When you open a Smarty Pig account, there are no fees. This means there are no fees to join, no fees to save, and no fees to withdraw your money. In fact, you actually earn money when you save with Smarty Pig's high-yield online savings accounts. The smartest way to purchase things is with the money you already have. Smarty Pig helps you replace the buy now, pay later approach with a save then spend mentality. Smarty Pig online savings accounts are offered through Sally Mae Bank, member FDIC. Okay, so a bit more about Faux Alexander. Faux is a millennial personal finance expert whose story of paying off nearly $47,000 of debt in less than six months took the internet by storm. She is the editor-in-chief of the Mama and Money blog, a motherhood and personal finance platform for women, as well as the founder of the Girl Talk with Faux blog and podcast, where she shares financial resources for women. So on this episode, Faux and I talked about how the pandemic has affected our lifestyles, what our biggest concerns are, where we see the biggest opportunities, how our spending and investing has changed, and so much more. And it was a very casual conversation, so we kind of go off on different topics, but it was just something that I felt would be useful for all of you who listen to this podcast, just to get a sense of how I'm feeling, how another friend of mine is feeling, and I think it was a really great conversation that I had with Fo. so I hope you guys enjoyed listening. But before we get into the episode, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do. You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I am glad you're here. I'm grateful to have you as a new listener. And if you're loving the podcast, both old and new listeners, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review of the podcast so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Also, be sure to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have a ton of content that we update on the blog every single week, and our courses are free. All 30 plus of our courses are free. And this is our way of supporting our community during this really difficult time across the world. And when you sign up for a course, you also have the option to schedule a free mentor call with one of our Clever Girl Finance mentors who are there to motivate you and support you, or just to simply have a girl talk conversation if that's what you need. And finally, don't forget to check out Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. Our channel name is Clever Girl Finance, where we upload new videos every single week. Okay, so let's talk to Fo. Hey, Fo. Hey, Bola. (laughs) Welcome back to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am so excited to have you back on again. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I wanted to, you know, bring you back on because you and I, we have a lot of conversations over text message, and I thought it would be a great idea for us to talk about just how our spending and investing has changed as a result of the pandemic and everything going on, and just to share 
insights of what we're doing differently with our money because I've gotten questions from the Clever Girl Finance audience asking, well, Bola, what has changed, you know, with how you're managing your money? So I thought I would have one of my girlfriends on to also share, um, you know, to create a more insightful conversation around it. Sounds good. So before we dive in, I'd love for you to reintroduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do. So I'm Faux Alexander um, of both the Girl Talk with Faux podcast and website and mamaandmoney.com. I am a certified financial educator instructor, and I help women dump debt and build banks so that they can create the life that they want. So I'm passionate about um, the women that are listening to this podcast and making sure that we all can attain financial freedom. And you also just recently had a baby. So, you know, that's part of why you started your Mama and Money um, blog and not just the blog, but also the YouTube channel where you share all things motherhood and also finances as it relates to being a new mom. So I'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Definitely exciting times, uh, crazy times to have a baby in a <laughs> pandemic was not a part of my plan, <laughs> uh, but it's an interesting twist. And I think it gives another perspective to finances and more urgency to having financial freedom. Yes, I definitely agree. So let's dive right in. And Fo, how has this pandemic affected your lifestyle? Um, as far as I would say financially, um, not much, but I say that because I have been home for the past three months since March. So is that three months? Months, Yeah. So um, not much has really changed outside of the fact that I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> so life, <laughs> life is kind of boring here outside of having a baby. Um, as soon as we started having cases in my county, um, I literally went into work and said, I don't think I'm coming back into the office anymore. And we've been home since. So um, outside of not being able to travel financially, um, not much has changed. Well, I, will, I won't say that. I'm not spending as much on things that obviously I would if I were working or going out. I'm not spending money on gas. My car has been sitting in the garage for like weeks on end. So we're able to save there, but I'm also at home a lot. So I'm eating a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so life is... Uh, not as adventurous, I would say. Yeah, I would definitely agree. You know, all the trips for 2020 are canceled. Right. <laughs> every, every wedding, every birthday, every family trip, every kids thing that we had has been canceled. And so from a lifestyle, lifestyle perspective, it's really more so the social aspects of things. Um, I mean, and social aspects in terms of like, hanging out with your friends, hanging out with your family events and things like that. But otherwise for us as well, things are, you know, somewhat the same. Um, My kids are home with me all day, which is challenging to be able to get work done, but at the same time, homeschool them and making sure that they are emotionally okay with the fact that they can't see their friends or they can't see their cousins or, you know, we can't go to the places that they're used to going and they have to wear masks if they happen to have to go for something. So, you know, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, but it hasn't been like, um, fortunately for us and, and for you as well, it hasn't been devastating, right? We are fortunate to still be able to to say, not much has changed, which is different for a lot of people. Right. And that's the one thing I I recognize. And I want to be careful um, that I'm not insensitive to people who are really Mm -hmm. 
you know, in financial um, difficulties, because I know people even at my job, because I still do work full time. Um, but even at my job, like before I left, I had to lay off um, someone and other people have been laid off and, and are furloughed. So uh, I want to be careful in saying that and not be insensitive because I know people are actually, you know, have um, financial needs and are experiencing, you know, financial stress during this time um, as well. Yeah. And, you know, I have done, you know, things to try to support, you know, so I prepaid for hair appointments that I knew I was not going to go do. I um, prepaid for cleaning services that I know I knew were not going to happen. And I also put together food to donate to the um, food bank and just supporting people in other ways, you know, whether it's through resources or through like support. Um, I'm just trying to make sure that you know, I'm doing my best realizing that so many people are impacted and we're just really fortunate to be in this position where, you know, we're not as impacted. I, th- I find it interesting that you said you prepaid the hair appointment. So I have been trying to hunt down my esthetician uh, for the longest to like give her money <laughs> because I understand <laughs> that she's in a, a service-based business and, you know, where I would have continuous appointments with her, she's not getting those appointments. And so, um, just trying to, like you said, be able to use um, what I have to give back to those who aren't who aren't maybe as blessed as I am financially in this situation. Yeah, yeah. And so what I wanted to talk about, you know, even though lifestyles have not changed that much, you must definitely have some concerns, right? So what are some of your biggest concerns, finances, life, as it relates to what's happening with this pandemic? It's so unpredictable. Um, and I think that would be my biggest concern because right now, yes, I'm saying I'm I'm great. I'm blessed to be employed still. My husband's still employed and we're both doing well, but that could change. And, you know, I've experienced a layoff before. And so even though I might be riding high now or doing well now at, you know, at the drop of a dime, the economy could tank again and um, it will be a different story. I'll be having a different conversation with you. So my concern is that we just don't know what's happening. We don't know how long this thing is going to go. So the financial impact could be devastating to a lot of people. And that's just the sad reality of it. So my concern is that um, we don't see a quick recovery and we just don't know when this is going to end or how it's going to impact us long term. Yeah, there, there isn't like a model, right? So typically when there's a recession, there's always a reference point in history that they can go back to like 2008. And this is how long that took. Let's go back to 1985. This is what, what happened. But this situation is tied to something that is beyond modeling, right? In terms of like impact, because there's no end date, right? And the assumption is that the end date comes with a vaccine, but we don't have that vaccine yet. So it's just like we're going, but we don't know. And there's nothing much to model because we don't know. And that gives me, it makes me anxious because I think about, okay, you know, everybody has emergency savings, but they, or not everybody, wait, say that again. I think about the fact that, you know, we have emergency savings, but there's a limit to it, right? It's not going to hold us over for 10 years. And then, you know, do we want to tap into investments that we have to weather through? And I also worry about just, you know, the the virus itself, like somebody getting sick. It's just like my mom is in, you know, 
healthcare, my husband, my sister-in-law, my two sister-in-laws, so many family members, cousins, and friends who listen to this podcast are working as nurses and hygienists and doctors and doctor's assistants. And it's just really, really scary. I think that's my biggest concern, the fact that we just don't know the end date for this. No, I completely agree. Um, In addition to the financial aspect, we do have the health issue uh, of it all and the devastation that is already done. And um, like you, I'm I'm concerned about, I have a grandmother who's uh, 89, 90 years old, and I worry about her. You know, she has to still go to the doctor, but who's to say someone at the doctor's office doesn't have the virus? And do I have to deal with the issue of something happening to her? And we're in a state where, you know, we have to do this social distancing. And, you know, I've watched other people have to bury loved ones via like a Zoom conference call. And I obviously don't want that to happen. Um, But again, the the health aspects, it's definitely, um, it's scary. It really is scary. It is, it is. It is it is very scary. And I think, you know, when this all started, one of the big decisions I made with Cleverville Finance was to make our courses free. And when I did that, it was very much of an emotional and um, we definitely have to help people decision as opposed to a strategic financial decision because we were basically eliminating a big chunk of our business income. And when I first did that, I was like, okay, Bola, um, you're crazy. My team was like, are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) You know, I was, and I was like, well, if we cannot support people now who are asking for information about, I want to learn how to budget, I'm ready to save, I'm going to start getting unemployment, what do I do? I I need to save as much as I can if before I get laid off in the event that I get laid off. If we can't help people now, when can we help people, right? Right. So I think one of one of the and this kind of leads into my next question is that one of the things that that change right led me to from being a major concern to to figuring out how to pivot and turn it into an opportunity was just getting out of my own comfort zone as a business owner, as a founder to say, okay, I'm standing by this decision that I made, but what can I do to readjust and still keep things? going, right? And so I guess the next question would be for you, for you, Fo, in terms of what have you seen as big opportunities? So before I answer that question, I do have to commend you on um, making your program and your membership free. And it was done with such sincerity because I saw so many people using it as an opportunity to say, well, I'm just going to, you know, discount uh, whatever my product is for a limited time and with the intent of using it as a mar- marketing ploy. Um, and people recognize that, but I do appreciate your sincerity. And I did actually share it with my um, my personal audience. So I Thank hope you. some of them found their way to, <laughs> to your membership, but I appreciate the sincerity that you had and the, the heart behind it to make sure people had the resources that they need to be um, smart about their finances in this season. Um, but to that point, I think the biggest opportunity that we have right now is to educate people and to be educated. Um, you know, it's something about tragedy. It's something about um, misfortune that causes you to kind of be jolted and your eyes to open to say, hey, I need to be educated on this. And we're seeing this in more than just the financial space, obviously, with other social issues mm-hmm. that are happening in the world. You sometimes need a jolt to realize that I need to be educated on some things. So I think the biggest opportunity right now we have is to educate, be educated, 
um, and to take that and move forward and be better stewards of our finances. I absolutely agree. And, you know, I feel like when it comes to money, I live in perpetual fear of the what if. And I think this is something that I carry with me from growing up and just watching my friend, my mom's friends go through like really sad um, circumstances that they could have had more control over if they had um, financial backing, like, you know, money in the bank. And Unfortunately, like you said, tragedy, difficult seasons, a global pandemic is sometimes that wake-up call that people need to pay attention, to want to make change. And I've seen that happen time and time again in the sense that a lot of women who come to Clever Girl Finance are coming because of a transition point, because, you know, they lost a job, because they're getting divorced, because of some life transition that has made you pay attention. And while that can be difficult, right, because we don't want, we never want to imagine that it's something bad that will happen that will make us to pay attention. But the opportunity there is that there is nowhere else to go but up if you choose to. And there's so much opportunity in terms of personal growth, in terms of getting prepared with your plans and your objectives when things get back to normal. And from a business perspective, right, it challenged me in the sense that I have had to restructure the whole business and pivot and make changes in in ways that I would never have done if this did not happen. And one of the things that I think that I made a good decision with was early last year was saying that, you know what, I've been studying, I spent a lot of time reading about other businesses and I realized that there isn't a single business in the world, a single successful business, that their core product is their one and only stream of income. And a classic case is McDonald's. We all know that they sell food and drinks and things like that. But the I was reading somewhere that one of the biggest line items on their balance sheet is the actual real estate that they own, mm. not the food that they sell, that we all know them for, right? And I was, you know, I was glad that I started investing for Clever Girl Finance because it helped to create our own little asset fund where even if we had to do without an income for a certain amount of time, we could still weather that storm. And I think for you, you have obviously a a larger burden because you employ people um, and you pay, you know, you pay people salaries. So you definitely had to be strategic and and figure out how to navigate this time. But one point that you made that I think is important, um, you, you said it in relation to business, having multiple streams of income for the business, I think now is a great opportunity for people as individuals to start building multiple streams of income if they haven't. And um, that's just one thing I've always been adamant about. And that may have obviously played into um, our ability to kind of weather this and navigate it with um, a little bit more confidence, but having multiple streams of income is definitely an opportunity that everyone needs to harp on right now. Um, because it's no longer an option. It's definitely a necessity. And we realize that you can't put all of your eggs in one basket, whether that's with an employer or whether that's just having one single stream of income within your business. You have to diversify your income. And um, if you haven't started, now is now is the best time to actually start. 
I 100% agree with you. That is so important. And I think a lot of people get challenged because they they hear that very popular quote of the average millionaire has seven or eight streams of income. And they're like, oh my God, I don't know where to start. And I always tell people start with one, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of your employment. So your job is one stream of income and think about what way to add on another one. By investing in your 401k or investing in a brokerage, you are at the beginnings of a passive income stream there because as your portfolio grows, right, you're going to earn income from dividends and compounding over time. But that stream of income doesn't come right away, but it's still you setting the stage for that. Another stream of income could be side hustle, right? Or it could even be a temporary stream of income of decluttering your house and selling what you don't need. It could be a service that you provide, right? There's, there's ideas that you can get um, or you can research and you can explore to determine, okay, what are the different ways I can use to create multiple streams of income, whether they're passive or they're active. And it requires you to challenge yourself and dig deep into what will work for you, right? Until you find, you know, your first and then your second and then your third, and then you can start to grow each one of those accordingly. Definitely. I think people uh, make it harder than it really is. Um, and to your point about investing, like you don't have to start off um, investing with a whole bunch of money. Um, I, I like to say the the simplest investing that you can do, and I, it might not be the best uh, APY now, but the simplest of investing that you can do is putting your savings in a high yield savings account. Like that's mm-hmm. the simplest that's where you learn you can learn about interest and growth and compound interest and that type of stuff but it doesn't have to be um immediately investing in real estate or immediately putting you know tons of money in the in the stock market it's just the small things that we we can do um that can help us absolutely and we had touched on this a little bit before about how our spending has changed um like how we're spending our money and I'll start first and then you can answer for, but you know, like most people who have been home, my grocery bill has been through the roof. And I will admit the first day um, that they announced the shelter in place in New Jersey, I was actually planning to go to the grocery store and I was trying to get to Costco. The line was way too long. So I veered off into another store and I found myself in the grocery store with a $300, over $300 cart because I was trying to buy the whole entire store. And, you know, I'll be honest again and say that my grocery shopping budget wise hasn't quite improved from then from then because my kids are eating breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks and I'm eating breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks and extra snacks. And I've been baking all kinds of things and testing out all kinds of um, recipes. So my grocery bill is higher than normal. And sometimes my husband will have, you know, a craving for something and he'll go to the store and buy his own groceries (laughs) to come home and make something. So, you know, I think our grocery bill is up by about maybe 30 or even 40% right now. Um, But there's other things that I'm, I haven't, I don't remember the last time I, I spent money buying gas. I don't either. It's been months for me. Right. So that's one thing. (laughs) Um, You know, haven't gone to the movies, haven't spent money there. I did order my kids the new Trolls movie that came out. But there's many areas in which, you know, my babysitting bill is non-existent. Um, There's many areas in which the bills have just 
either disappeared or minimized that compensate for the extra spending on food. But I really can't believe how much food that we're eating. Like I've gotten Corona fat right now. And <laughs> <laughs> I need to counter this. I found myself watching apple cider vinegar videos on oh YouTube. <laughs> Not a cleanse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what about you? Okay, so I have to be completely honest. I know our grocery bill has gone up, but Bola, I I'm, I don't know if I'm scared to look or if it's just I don't want to look. But we have our budget meeting every other Wednesday. And I know the number for groceries hasn't changed in the budget, but I'm pretty sure we've been going over it. And thankfully, I haven't been able, I haven't gone to the grocery store. So my husband, I like to say he goes to the outside world, to the other districts. And he goes and he does the grocery <laughs> shopping now. But this is when I knew it had to be a lot um, over our, our budget. He he started uh, buying food from our, we normally shop at uh, Publix. And then I slowly see the amount of stuff coming from Publix being smaller and smaller. And like he's trying to find a cheaper alternative for, for what we usually get. <laughs> So at that point, I was like, okay, this isn't what I normally, this isn't the brand I normally get. So I, I realized that we had to be way over budget. Um, and he just hasn't told me because I'm the only one at home with the baby all day. Um, but I don't feel as bad because like you said, other things have, have gone pretty much to zero. Like I don't go get gas because I don't go anywhere. So our gas has been completely, you know, reduced. Um, among other things so it kind of balances itself out now yeah. I will admit now I have been buying too much stuff off of Amazon um, just out of sheer convenience because I'm not going to the grocery store I just don't want to put myself in that you know that danger and put my child in that danger mm -hmm. so I've been buying stuff off of Amazon because I don't want to bother my husband to go back to the store so that bill has gone up the Amazon shopping has gone up I will admit that <laughs> I've actually been to the store a few times and you know my husband is a grocery shopper because he goes to work every day so he might as well go to the store because he's already out there and initially it was really frustrating because I'd be like where's the receipt um I want to see how much this costs because this is not the store I usually go to <laughs> and this, it was like this is also not the brand I would usually buy like he's the guy that just walks in the first oh milk okay that is milk. exactly that's my and husband right now I got to the point where I would google the pictures if I didn't have the empty container and I would send him like <laughs> 75 pictures <laughs> as, <laughs> as he's getting to the store <laughs> so let me tell you here's a trick um, so I had to start doing the same thing because last week I was trying to make a recipe and my husband did not get the brand that I needed. And so it didn't work out. So what I started doing, we we actually make our grocery list in um, the reminders app on uh -huh. the iPhone. And now it allows you to put uh, pictures in it. So now I will take screenshots from the website, put it in there. So when he does go grocery shopping, he has no excuse not to get the right oh brand. my god that's such a great idea i need to start doing that it's perfect because i tell you i've gone to the point where before i would try to online order and half of the time i would get my i haven't done an online order in about three weeks but half of the time i would get it half of the time it would be canceled because of the demand and there will be times where after like three weeks i just couldn't take it anymore and as soon as he got home with the groceries i'm like you know what i'm going back to the grocery store because <laughs> i don't know what you just bought <laughs> <laughs> so, but I love that idea of using the, using the app. Um, so let's talk about investing. 
And um, you are going to be in my upcoming book that comes out in September and you're sharing your investing journey there. And we're probably going to do another episode on that. But I would love to know how or if your investing, your approach to investing with your husband has changed. Nothing has changed. Um, In fact, we actually took advantage of the opportunity to invest more. Um, But otherwise, nothing's changed. I I didn't when when everything went down, I didn't like cry and like take my money out of my 401k. I just let it sit and I'm going to let it ride this wave. And Mm -hmm. we just actually bought more stock to take advantage of the the low prices. So um, nothing's changed. That's the same as, you know, me and also my husband. Um, I manage our investments for the most part, and we have continued investing. I am a fan of the uh, dollar cost averaging mode of investing where, you know, you have a certain amount of money you're investing consistently, like every week, every two weeks, whatever it might be. And each time you invest an amount, depending on the market, you may buy a lot of stocks, you may buy a little bit of stocks, but you're investing consistently, which allows you to take advantage of every dip and also minimize the impact of every spike as you invest. However, I have been putting some money aside, um, just stockpiling a little bit, because I feel like we are going to face a severe stock market decline at some point. And my theory around this was, you know, we were already heading towards a recession before this happened. And the economy is sort of still chugging along and um, we're, we're seeing high unemployment, we're seeing businesses struggling, but the stock market is not necessarily reflecting that because, well, when you think about it, the stock market doesn't represent, it, it tries to mimic the economy, but it doesn't represent, you know, a lot of businesses that hold up the economy like the mom and pop restaurants and the storefronts. And, you know, I think sometimes it can also take the stock market a lot of time to reflect the impact. So if you go back to 2008, uh, 2008, I remember reading something that it took over 500 days for the stock market to reflect that impact of the housing bubble. So I've been putting a little bit of money aside, you know, in the event that it, you know, it declines. And I've been listening to a lot of Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, and they always talk about if, you know, in your, if you as an investor are not prepared that once or twice in your lifetime, your investments will have a sharp decline, then you shouldn't be investing. But that is also a great time to take advantage of when that happens. I know a lot of people are cashing out or they're panicking, but I agree with you, you know, consistent investing over time, knowing your objectives, knowing your timeline. You don't need that money for 20, 30 years, like just write it out. But then if you're able to take advantage of opportunities when, you know, we see the panic of a decline and everybody is selling and you have some spare cash, that's a great time to buy. So I'm stockpiling a little bit in preparation for if that does happen. The other thing that we're doing, um, which, I mean, it's very long-term thinking as far as investments go, we're looking into a 529 plan for our daughter. And so that's one thing that we're trying to put money aside for, um, and kind of prepare and start investing for her future um, so that, you know, 20 years from now or 18 years from now, you know, she will be, she, she will be financially prepared to enter the world as an adult. That, that's a great idea. I, I have five to nines for my kids and, you know, they're now involved in it. And they're like, oh, we have so much money. I'm like, no, you don't. I do. 
your name is just on it. It's still my money. <laughs> you need to work to earn money. Exactly. You haven't earned this. <laughs> so um, the other thing that I just wanted to share for people listening is I think this is, you know, when it comes, we're talking about spending and high groceries. And I think this is just really a time, and I've said this multiple times on the podcast, this is really a time to save more than you normally would if you are able to. A lot of people who are unemployed are getting higher unemployment checks than even before they lost their job. And that's an opportunity for you to save more, right? That extra $600 a week or so, um, that's an opportunity. And the reason why I say this is because the economy is operating on on a fake, fake boost right now. And that boost is the stimulus package and all the other initiatives, the PPE loans that are encouraging people to spend money, right? Um, to keep, that's the whole point of the stimulus plan is to get people to spend money. Let's bring interest rates down to zero and pause repayments on student loans so that people can put that money into the economy. Let's reduce interest rates on savings accounts so people are less compelled to save and go out into the market and spend that money. Let's send out these $1,200 stimulus checks, these $2,400 stimulus checks to encourage people to go and support small businesses and spend money. But the one thing to keep in mind about, and I'm, I'm just going over that on very like simple terms, or it's more complex than that, um, but that's just like high, high level summary. But the one thing people need to keep in mind is that the government cannot do this indefinitely, right? And at some point, the 0% interest on the debt that's paused is going to come back. Payments are going to be due. Um, The stimulus packages will dry up and businesses will see more businesses close. We may see continued unemployment or even higher unemployment. And it's important for people to put money aside. You know, if you have your three months emergency savings, get it to six. If you don't have any emergency savings, focus on getting to that first month and to your three months. If you have six months, try to get it to nine months. If you have nine months, try to get it to 12 months. Really, really, I want to encourage everybody to try to save. So yes, I am losing my mind on groceries but I'm making sure I'm taking the time out to assess my spending, like really assess where I'm, I'm buying things. And I've, I've done self-care, I've purchased things online. Like we all have, my kids are growing like weeds. We have, we had a whole closet overhaul there. <laughs> I bought them new closets, you know, shoes, their toes can't even sticking out of shoes. We bought new <laughs> shoes, things like that. But, um, and that's okay. Plan for it in your budget, but don't forget that it's important that you want to prioritize saving just anything extra. And I will say, I will make a point that before we started investing more, um, my husband was all, you know, gone, gone whole for it because it, everything was at just a, a bargain in the market. But I was very um, apprehensive at first and because we just didn't know what was going to happen, like as far as jobs go, as far as just everything with the economy. So I we did take a little pause and say, hey, is this what we want to do? Let's hold off on, um, our big thing is paying off our home. So let's hold off on the mm-hmm. extra payments for the home. Let's see where everything shakes out at. And then when we feel comfortable, then we can make those investments. Then we can pay off the additional debt that we need to for our home. Yeah, and that makes sense, right? So a lot of people have asked questions like, well, the student loans have been paused 
have a credit card, but I have no emergency savings. What should I focus on first with that money that I'm not putting towards my student loans, right? Um, and just given the uncertainty, this is not normal financial planning for normal circumstances. Like even when you think about financial planning, a recession is a normal circumstance because it's part of an economic cycle, right? But a pandemic with no end date and no vaccine, that's not normal circumstances. And so it makes sense for you to pay the minimums on your debt, right? And try to save and get your emergency savings in place. And then once that's in place and you feel comfortable, then go back to aggressively attacking your debt. But it's important to have cash aside so that if worst case scenario happens, you can put food on your table. You can keep your lights on. You can keep your family in a safe a safe place to live. That's really, really important, especially in times of a pandemic, because when it comes to life or death, those are the important things, not your credit card bill, even though it's important, but I'm talking about life or death here, right? Food, safety, medicine, um, top priorities, and everything else just goes by the wayside. Right. Completely agree. So, Fo, this has been awesome. I would love for you to share any advice you have for anyone who's listening to this, who's just looking for encouragement, because, I mean, going through this season is not easy. Um, people have lost jobs. People are home trying to navigate homeschooling and working full time. Um, people are dealing with emotions, you know, and especially people who are extroverted and, you know, they, they, they rely on their social circles and that, you know, just being around people, it's, it's hard. Um, and we, I think we've all gone through struggles. I've cried a lot for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> uh, you know, I've had days where I'm just mad at my husband and he's like, what did I do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so any words of encouragement that you have? <laughs> So I'm an introvert, and when this thing first started, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I love this. You know, I don't have to go out. And now it's at the point, it's like, oh, my gosh, I just want to go walk in Target, and I don't even <laughs> shop at Target. Um, so <laughs> the encouragement that I have, we are living in some crazy, unprecedented times. And so I would just say that know that you aren't going at this alone. I think there is safety and numbers. And in this respect, mm -hmm. there's safety and knowing that you're not going through this alone. So definitely, um, I encourage you to connect with other people. Obviously, you know, it's not as simple as physically connecting like we were able to before, but just connect and be, be okay with sharing your emotions. Be okay with crying. I've cried too, Bola. Um, <laughs> but just know that you're not alone and we're all going to get through this collectively together. Um, it may be a tough journey, but we will all get through it. And on the other side of it, we will come out um, with just a lot more knowledge and how to navigate and a, a lot different perspective on life going forward. So um, you're not alone. And it there is another side to this. We don't know what it is, but there is another side to this. And you just have to keep hope. And um, in my case, I, I rely strongly on my faith. So keep your faith knowing that it'll get better. Yeah, I, I believe that too. And just like you, you know, I'm an introvert and at the beginning of this, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then I realized that I'm going to be home with my kids. <laughs> but my kids are at that stage where I can not take my eyes off of them because it's like, climb the railing, look at me, somersault, climb the <laughs> table, watch my, my back foot. And it's like two of them talking to me at the same time or fighting with each other. And I'm like, oh my God, the first few weeks are so 
hard because I was trying to wake up at the same time and then wake my kids up and then we'll have a terrible day. (laughs) But then I realized that, Bola, you have to make this work for you. And so what I do now, no shame in my game, I let my kids stay up till 11 and midnight because this is quarantine season and life is different. And when they stay up that late, then they sleep until 10 and 10.30 a.m. And I could wake up at five and have five glorious hours to myself because my husband goes to work at five. And I don't want any mama judgment because this is what's working for me right now. (laughs) And that's how I'm rolling with it. Well, I'm trying to get a one month old on a schedule. So if uh, almost two month old. So if you can help me with that, that would be great. Send her to me. Take <laughs> mine. They'll help you change your life. <laughs> I would love five hours. I'm living my life in two hour increments right now. I feel you. But if there's one thing that you know for sure is that this time will pass quickly. She's going to grow quickly. She's going to sleep longer. I promise you. She's sleeping two hours. Every week it will get better. I promise you. Okay. All the mamas say amen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Finally, Paul, what is your Clever Girl superpower? Has it changed? Is it the same? I don't even remember what it was before. (laughs) Me neither, girl. (laughs) So I'm going to go with my Clever Girl superpower is that I am resourceful. I'm very resourceful. I love that. And finally, how can everyone keep in touch with you if they want to come read your blog or learn more about your financial tips or just see how you're doing? Definitely uh, follow me on YouTube. I am Mama in Money on YouTube. Um, And Mama is M-A-M-A in money and on all social media mama and money um definitely check out the new blog mama and where i'm still sharing financial tips but i'm taking it from a perspective of being a new mom and so that's always fun uh this different season in my life you can still catch me on girl talk with foe.com and on the podcast and on all social media And I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes for everyone who wants to come check out what you have going on. So thank you so much for your time, Bo, and for, you know, giving me this hour away from your baby. I I understand that this is a huge sacrifice and I appreciate you for doing this. Thanks for having me. So I hope you've enjoyed me and Fo having this conversation about life and finances in this season. And I hope you're walking away from this podcast episode feeling encouraged and motivated to just keep going despite what's happening and knowing that things are going to get better. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and be sure to head on over to iTunes to leave a review if you're loving what you've listened to. Thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you on the next episode.